Here are details of some of tonight's programmes. In music to remember, the BBC Welsh Orchestra will be playing music by... Uh... <laughs> Blast, I've forgotten it. <laughs> Late night music comes from the new health food nightclub, the Senapara Gogo. <laughs> Meanwhile, for those of you who are more easily pleased, here are 30 minutes of Reach Me Down Tat. <laughs> As Kenneth Horn takes you round the hall. The story so far, a tremor ran through the room, barking and wagging its tail. As bewhiskered old family solicitor Betty Marsden prepared to read the will. Adjusting her pince-nez, played by Bill Pertwee on the end of the woman, she cleared her throat and started to read. Who would be the chief beneficiary? Would it be fragile Kenneth Williams, he of the porcelain complexion and terracotta legs? Or rugged, tweedy, outdoor-dress designer Hugh Paddock? Suddenly a sound brought them all to their feet, as from the distant moors, played by the Fraser Hayes Four in black makeup, came an unearthly cry. Hello, my name's Kenneth Hall. Douglas Smith, who appears by permission of the massed bands of the Brigade of Guards and Nappy Service. <laughs> now, uh, here are the answers to last week's quiz. Question one was, of course, the musical question, and the answer was... <laughs> Although uh, I... I would accept... But on no account will I accept <laughs> And I'd rather like <laughs> Question two was the Who am I question And the answer to that was Kenneth Horne And not, not as Mrs. Samantha Hogsbottom of Guildford said Mrs. Samantha Hogsbottom <laughs> The answer to question three was in three parts as follows. Over the top, under the arm, and halfway up the edge were rolled. <laughs> now to be educational and serious for a moment. Today, the initials FM are usually taken to mean frequency modulation or field marshal, but exactly 300 years ago today, they had a more sinister meaning, for it was in April 1665 that a certain Dr. Edwin Chattelforth shocked the world by announcing the invention of forcemeats. <laughs> now, reactions to his invention were immediate and far-reaching. The normally phlegmatic British were aroused to a state of frenzied apathy. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the actual... It wasn't the actual taste of the stuff that affected people. It was the methods by which the meat was forced. <laughs> And it wasn't long before the RSPCFM was founded. <laughs> and rigid restrictions were introduced to ensure that meat was forced in as humane a way as possible. No longer when passing the forced meat factory did one hear the plaintive cries of, Oh, you're forcing me too hard. <laughs> uh, stop it, you're giving me a headache. <laughs> and forced meat operatives were instructed to use phrases like, Come along now, there's a good meat. <laughs> But a cloud still hung over the forcemeat industry and, and in an attempt to change the climate of public opinion, the manufacturers tried to popularise persuasion meat. And one actually produced and marketed a product called unforced meat and in fact tried to set up a society for the propagation of unforced meat or SPUM. 
but people thought that spum sounded rude. <laughs> Unforced meatballs were blackballed, and the blackballs eventually became caviar. Now, all this comes out in a government white paper issued today under the title of The Extraordinary Pastimes of Mrs. Amelia Dinwiddie Price Fourpence, and I thought you ought to know. And now... Onto the section of our show which is devoted to the backroom boys of the BBC. Are they ever coming out? That's all. <laughs> How do the BBC go about recruiting talent for their programmes? Well, every day in Broadcasting House, a panel of experienced producers hold a series of public auditions sorting the sheep from the goats. Would you come in, Mr. Rover? Grant Fattock. Grant Chief Rabbi. <laughs> Did you say the chief rabbi? Oh, no, 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 not the chief rabbi. In fact, if you want to split airs, I'm not chief rabbi at all. Not any kind of rabbi, I come to that. I'm not even Jewish. You see, it's an assumed title. Assumed. Title voluntary. I give it myself, you see. Like, um, like the other one, Rabbi Burns. So, because it's the voices told me, you see, the voices. I, yes. I have yes. the voices. You, 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 you've had the call. Not for days. <laughs> but, uh, but when I do have it, the voices tell me what to do. <laughs> Go forth, they say. Go forth, the voices say. Go forth. Yes. Go forth. Go up the pictures. Go up the pictures and rip up the seats, they say. Or wander abroad, they say. Wander abroad upon the public thoroughfares, shouting and mumbling and making gestures at people. Yes, they yes, tell yes, me. It's very, voice. very interesting. But yes. why come here? The voices, they told me. And did they not say unto me, Go forth, Grant Fattock, my child. <laughs> Go forth, creep up the BBC and make a nuisance of yourself. Lady, <laughs> I want to be discovered. Yes, I... well, I've no doubt you will be, but doing what? Couldn't I be a contestant on What's My Line? I do a very good mime. Here, look. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> good heavens, you, you can't do that for a living. <laughs> Oh, no, that's my hobby. Well, put them back on at once. <laughs> I couldn't even write that on the blackboard, anyway. This is my occupation. What's this mime? <laughs> what is that supposed to represent? Me climbing up the drain pipe to Judith Chalmers' flat. <laughs> Quite unsuitable. I'd be very good on what's my line. Besides, I have something in mind regarding Lady Varnett. Oh. I'd wait till she got the mask on. Then I'd creep up on all fours. Yeah, <laughs> Grandfather, please do. Well, it's the voices, you see. Anyway, what's my line is off the air. Well, this is your life. I'd make a good subject for that. Or I could be on one of your variety programmes. I don't mind as long as there's women involved. <laughs> see, I'm a man of many parts, you know. Yes, most of them unwashed. <laughs> 
I have many acts of a daring and mysterious nature to wit and viz J.P.'s my grandfather impersonator. Oh, no. Well, would you like to show us some of your impersonations yes, now? Well, this one never fails to get a round of applause. Yes. You listen closely and shut, shut your eyes, yes. shut your eyes, no, I, I, and you'll feel he's in the room with you. Oh. Clear up out of it, clear up out of it. I want to set fire to the Houses of Parliament. I will. There. What do you think of that? Well, who was it? It's my brother Arnold. <laughs> it is truly, everyone it, truly amazing impersonation. No doubt, Mr. Grant Fattock, but who would recognise well, it? Oh, the magistrate at Bow Street. <laughs> So would my brother Arnold. He's been detained during Her Majesty's pleasure. Although what pleasure anyone could get out of detaining my brother Arnold, I can't imagine. But I digress. I digress here. <laughs> yes, thank you. I have other talents of a more commercial nature. There's the great Grant Fattock illusionist. See him saw the lady in half. <laughs> saw the lady in half. You actually saw a lady in half? Well, I haven't done yet, but I'm willing to have a go at anything. <laughs> or you have your debonair Grant Fattock in a singing and dancing mood. Shall I burst forth into golden song? Oh, very well, if you must, but hurry up. I, I out in the bed on the streets all day, hawking the ground. Oh, night cold flowers can't be ours. You can show me, sir. I'm here, gold night friends, been colored with the colors of night and brown. And ball of my flower, I like a ball of flower, and the rhubarb is the best in all the town. <laughs> Good, isn't it? Yes, thank you very much, Mr. Grunfatter. Yes, thank you. It might be a little difficult to place you in a programme in the near future, but uh, why don't you try somewhere else, say, commercial television? I did. It was them sent me to you. And next week we'll be having another look at the backroom boys of the BBC. Now, a further episode in the career of the world's sexiest policeman. This week, who killed the amazing Proud Basket? Oh, don't look at me. Go straight to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect £200. Okay, it's your move, Captain. All right. Oh, look, my flat iron has landed on your old Kent Road. Okay, honey, it's a double. Throw again. Ah, oh, you've got snake's eyes. Yes, I know, my nose is no bargain either. No, honey, but you're all man. Mm. Hello. Hello, Captain Horn, homicide and invisible mending. What? Who? When? Good grief. Where? Fantastic. Incredible. That's the most macabre thing I've ever heard. What is it? Wrong number. <laughs> now, uh, where were we? Mm-hmm. Captain Horn? What? I'll be right over. 
There's been a tragedy at Fidget's Mammoth Circus. The amazing Proud Basket has been murdered. Well, sir, what happened was the amazing Proud Basket was in the middle of his act with Rumpo, the wonder dog, when, uh, when he was shot from behind. Have you recovered the bullet? Yes, sir, I've got him outside. Him? Yes, Otto, the human cannonball. <laughs> Bring him in. All right, Mr. Otto, the captain wants to talk to you. Guten Tag, Captain. All right, Otto. Now, tell us everything you know. Everything I know? Very well. Bogvort is a species of New Zealand grass which sometimes grows to the height of 10 inches. <laughs> You're holding something back. All right, you're bound to find out sooner or later. The world knee-trembling record is held by Mrs. Ludwig Tappermann. <laughs> <laughs> you got it out of me. But what about the murder? Now, tell me what happened in your own words. You mean I can... Re- <laughs> you mean I can drop this ridiculous accent? Can I? Yes, quite Oh, yes. good. It's the terrible strain on my epiglottis. Oh, I'll drop it. <laughs> we want to know who fired you at the amazing Proud Basket. I don't know. I, I don't know. I was in my cannon waiting to be shot through my flaming oop. <laughs> And, and, and into my safety net when someone altered the aim of the cannon. The next thing I know, I've been let off and there I was, hurtling straight at the amazing proud basket. Well, you've no idea who did it. Ask the ringmaster. He hated proud basket. Well, I'd better go and talk to him. Oh, and Sergeant, uh, send Crazy Otto here down to ballistics and see if there's any fingerprints on him or if he's been tampered with in any way. <laughs> Fidget's Mammoth Circus, tonight at eight. See the incredible Ruppo the Wonder Dog, the world's most sagacious canine. How does he do it? How does he do what? Mind your own business. <laughs> See General Tom Lackwind, tiny but perfect. See the blood-curdling Rasputins. See Madame Negrescu, the tattooed lady, covered from head to foot with reproductions of the world's great masterpieces. See her Picasso. Admire her El Greco. And wonder at our Watto. Excuse me, are you the owner of the circus? I'm Captain Horn. Oh, sorry, I've already got a hairless marvel. <laughs> no, I'm from the police. Don't tell me the Rasputins have been at it again. Why, have they been acting strangely? Uh, no, for them it's normal. Take young Neddy Rasputin. I mean, last night he came in reeking of beer and mumbling. Did one handspring, climbed into the audience, clattered a kid round the ear, and then lurched off again, muttering foul oaths. That was his contribution to the evening's fun. <laughs> what sort of act do these blood-curdling Rasputins do? Them? Oh, they're the lovable clowns they are. You'll, uh, you'll find them in that caravan over there. Guess? Um, Mrs. Yeti Rasputin, I'm Captain Horn, police. You're not taking my... Oh, you're not! You're not! He never nicked that wallaby from Whipsnade! No, no! He followed him home, Oppie! No! Don't send him back to that place! I'll keep him locked up, I swear it! It's you I wanted to see, Mrs. Rasputin. Oh, well, and I... I never did put that advertisement in that stationer's window. (laughs) Besides, even if I did, I do give French lessons. (laughs) Only don't let them send me back to that place. 
Mamma me! No! Don't you tell Mamma me! No! 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 Don't tell Mamma me away! Who's going to do my mending and washing? Who's going to scramble me eggs? Hmm, nothing suspicious there. <laughs> now, who else is there? Uh, oh, yes, Madame Negresco, the tattooed lady. She'll be in this caravan here. Come in. Oh, I'm uh, Captain Horn, please. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were putting your little boy to bed. Little boy? Good heavens, man, I'm 42. <laughs> I'd like you to meet my husband, General Tom Lackwind, the smallest man on earth. Late of the Queen's own light mounted fox terriers. <laughs> Petite, but perfect in every detail. <laughs> Balance me on the palm of your head. Yes, well, perhaps some other time. Oh. Now, <laughs> I believe that you both knew the amazing Proud Basket. Yes, yes, of course. I knew Cosmo. He and Tom here both wanted to marry me, but Cosmo only wanted me for my tattoos. Yes, he just wanted to get his hands on her water. <laughs> It was an original. Oh, how'd you know? It was signed across the bottom. Ah. <laughs> so when I chose to marry Tom, when I chose to marry Tom, Cosmo became crazed with jealousy. One night when I was asleep, he, oh, he crept into my caravan and... No, 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 please. I can't bring myself to say it. Uh, tell him, my dad. It's bound to come out sooner or later. He, he crept in and tattooed a moustache on my Mona Lisa. <laughs> So that's why you killed him. She didn't kill him, Captain. I did. That man disfigured my wife's masterpiece. He didn't deserve to live. Yes, I killed him. Now, don't try anything, Captain. This revolver I'm holding is pointing straight at your knee. Oh. Oh. Give yourself up, Tom. You won't get a long stretch. No, I can't face it. I'm going to end it all. Come down, come down off the chest of drawers. No. Going to jump. <laughs> Don't look. It's not a pretty sight. <laughs> what a tragic end. Yes, the old swanny whistle and thud usually gets a much bigger laugh than that. Double three, Captain. That's my boot landed on your waterworks. Well. <laughs> Overlook it this time, but don't let it happen again. <laughs> now, my turn. Ah, community chest. Now, what does it say? Pay ten pound fine or take a chance. Well, I'll take the chance of my age. You don't often have one. <laughs> and that's Horn's Law. If I told you that you were now about to witness an incredible feat of foot juggling, rope spinning and hair raising antics on the high wire, you'd be surprised. But not nearly as surprised as the Fraser Hayes Four, who are merely planning to sing a song. And it's a track from their new LP, Michael Chaplin at the National Assistance Board. <laughs> Fraser Hayes Four. It was my lucky day. It was my very lucky day. It was my most fortunate day. Just in time, pop, I 
Gave us quite a turn there. Now, trends. This is the part of the show designed for the new getaway with it people, as opposed to people like Kenneth Williams, who've been getting away with it for years. <laughs> First, fashion. Peekaboo toes are back. Oh, good. They'll go with my peekaboo feet, won't they? <laughs> Sally Tuffin has done something incredibly saucy with a length of hopsack. Many times, many, many times. Many, many, many times. Well, if I was her, I'd plead the headaches again, I think. (laughs) The theatre. Bruce Forthart is still drawing in the public. Drawing in the public what? (laughs) The trend in the theatre can... I'll tell you after... The trend in the theatre continues towards the 30s. Following the revival of Noel Coward's plays such as Private Lives and Hay Fever comes yet another revival, Private Fever. <laughs> and here is an excerpt. Happy, Charles. Ecstatically. Incredibly. And yet... Somehow sad. And you, Fiona? I'm sad too. Heartbreakingly, poignantly, unutterably sad, and yet somehow happy. (laughs) Yes. I know. I know you know. I know you know, I know. Yes, I know. (laughs) 
And now it's over between us. Finally, irrevocably, indisputably, ultimately, inexorably over. Yes. I've said it too. I know. I know you know. I know you know, I know. Yes. I know. Even in spite of what happened between us at Biritz. Yes. And Cannes. Yes. And on the Maharaja's yacht at Tobago. Yes, yes. And on the terrace of the casino at San Remo. Yes. And in the doorway of that horse meat shop in Balls Pond Road. Even in spite of that. In fact, perhaps in some unutterably, poignantly incredible way, because of that. Then, this is goodbye? Yes. Oh, God, Fiona. <laughs> You're sending me out of your life forever. Yes, Charles, I am. It's better this way. Please, please, please go now, my darling. But, Fiona... No, no, no. Please, don't, don't say anything. Just walk away from me. Don't look back. Please, my darling, please, don't look back. Goodbye. Travel. Here are some useful suggestions for trendy with it holidays. Have you ever thought of potholing? Many times. Many, many, many times. Many times. All right. Frankly, your best bet is to do what I did go to a good established travel agency. I popped into one in Chelsea last week. It was called Bona Tours Limited. Hello? Anybody there? Oh, hello. I'm Julian. It's my friend Sandy. Oh, it's Mr. Horn. Do you don't you remember us? Well, how could anybody forget you? You're, you're those two out-of-work actors from rent a yeah. Yes, that's right. We're filling in the air-between engagements on the telly. <laughs> mm, well, I wonder if you could advise me on a holiday. I thought about Capri. Oh, oh Capri. Lovely. Mm. <laughs> if you're lucky, you might get Gracie to sing your number. Funny. <laughs> But, I mean, even if she's not there, you could get old Boris to mend a fuse for you. Or, if you you don't want to stay in one place, why don't you try camping? It's all the rage in Europe. (laughs) They love it. Camping's ever so popular in the south of France. Oh, yes. Yes, the people you find on those campsites in the south of France are very friendly. Yes, I suppose. (laughs) May I? I suppose that's what's known as entente cordiale. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh, it goes trop loin. <laughs> but, I mean, if you want a really sophisticated holiday, you could go to that place on the Côte d'Azur where that, uh, that little chap lives. Um, oh, what's his name now? Prince... Um, uh, L- no, 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 no. No, 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 no you... Me. Don't tell me. No. You know him. No, don't tell me. No. <laughs> a chap with a moustache. Owns his own country. Prince Rini, is it? Oh, no, don't tell me. No. 
Married that beautiful blonde film star. No, don't tell me, no, no. Yes, yes, Gene Kelly. Oh, you're dark fool. Gene Kelly. Barbara Kelly. Oh. One with the earrings, married to Edwin Braden. Now <laughs> him, great airy fool. Not, not Edwin. Surely you mean Bernard Braden. Oh, yes, that's right. The one who makes his living being satirical and advertising soup. Yes, that's it. Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo, no, I don't fancy. Well, what else is there? Let's see, you can go cruising. You have your cruising. We often go cruising, don't we, Julie? Speak for yourself. Thank you. <laughs> There's your paddling up the Orinoco, your fortnight of the holiday camp in England. You know, they advertise that on the telly. Yeah. Still, from what you see, you wouldn't enjoy it. It's all full of millionaires and air stewards and models and film producers all battling to get in the knobbly knees contest. <laughs> now, it sounds too sophisticated for me. I'd like to go somewhere different. Well, why don't you try one of our guided tours to classical Greece? 20 guineas, 15 days, 32 philosophers. Oh, yes, you'd enjoy that. That includes a trip to Olympus, stay at the Parthenon, Twice and a visit to the actual place where Socrates laboured on his symposium. <laughs> Yes, it's in. It is. It's oh, all yeah. in. Yes, good. That is all well, in. No, that is... <laughs> well, I think I'll take that. It's very me, but now, one thing, how come you can do all this for 20 guineas? Well, you see, it's a package holiday, but with a difference. What's that? We post you there. You see, you're in the package. <laughs> Well, that's my holiday taken care of, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So for the next few weeks, I shall be swatting up my Greek philosophers, studying my Plato, brushing up my Copernicus, and if I can manage it, I shall make a point of looking up my Aristotle. <laughs> well, that's it for this week, except to give you the results of our Limerick competition, and this is the one we have chosen. It comes from a listener, an anonymous listener, from London SW5, and goes like this. A professional wrestler from Lee, while rehearsing about for TV, stuck his thumb up his nose, dislocated his toes, and insisted on double the fee. <laughs> well, we thought that was rather nice. Well, now, that's it for this week, except to give you uh, the new limerick for next week. Now, the limerick begins with these two lines. The pink spotted thrush of Bengal has a very peculiar call. <laughs> And I'll repeat that. The pink spotted thrush of Bengal has a very peculiar call. And to the sender of the best completed limerick goes this week's prize of two horse brasses and one who isn't. <laughs> Cheerio, see you next week. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn, with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Talk and Marty Feldman and produced by John Simmons. (laughs) 